Our scripture reading uh, today is from Isaiah 58, verses 1 to 14, and it is about true fasting. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed or for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Is it not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry? and provide the poor, wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked, to clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will call for help, and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and the malicious talk. And if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will come like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations, and you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, And if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob for the mouth of the Lord has spoken the word of the Lord. For those at Almsdale, we're continuing our morning series, uh, Hungry for God. And this is week three. Week one, we introduced the topic of being hungry for God. And uh, week two, Pastor Betty brought about uh, the gospel according to food. 
that is contained throughout the scriptures. So right after food, we're going to deal with fasting. So after we whet your appetite a bit, now we're going to tell you to restrain from some of that food. And we just heard the passage, our focus for today, Isaiah 58. Our text today from the prophet Isaiah challenges all of us to ask a serious question. Why do we fast? What is our motivation for fasting as followers of Jesus Christ? Is it for a new car or a spouse, a new house, to have a mega church, or to get our picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone or Time or the Christian magazine Christianity Today? In other words, do we fast to get something or do we fast to become like Christ, to become someone, to become like our Lord? The truth in our day is that fasting is rarely practiced as a mark of genuine spirituality. No one fasts on Wednesdays and Fridays anymore as in the great old days of John Wesley. Wesley went even as far as to say the following, the man that never fasts is no more on the way to heaven than the man that never prays. This is how seriously he took fasting that too fast was the same as praying and giving unto God. And Jesus combines all of those three uh, essential disciplines of the church in the Sermon on the Mount. The prophet Isaiah challenges us to abandon the fast-fix approach to holy lifestyle. What does God look for in a fast? God desires a fasting in which we turn our hearts toward him. But not only towards him, but also towards our neighbor, that we are to love our neighbors. And he even includes loving our enemies. Wanting a vertical response from God without touching the weak and the vulnerable in our society and in our midst is just not pleasing to the God that we serve. There was confusion between the delight of God, what delights God's heart, and the vested interest of the people of God, the people of Israel in Isaiah's day. In other words, they were using their faith as a means to advance their own cause. Fasting, like any other discipline in the church, can easily drift into self-righteousness and self-absorption and self-indulgence. In the Sermon on the Mount that I mentioned earlier, Jesus addresses our motives for fasting. And this is what Jesus said. When you fast, do not look sober as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Beautiful words from the mouth of our Lord Jesus Christ. When it comes to fasting, it's not if you fast, but when you fast. And Jesus says fasting is as important as praying and giving. And he assumes, even though he doesn't command it, command it though, that his followers will fast at some point in their walk with him. So having said all that, why the lack of any time of fasting in our present day? Do we actually think that we will starve to death? Moses fasted. Elijah fasted. David fasted. Daniel fasted. Nehemiah fasted. Esther fasted, the Apostle Paul fasted, and even our Lord Jesus Christ fasted. Fasting in Scripture is not the same as in our world today, such as a hunger strike, which is done for political gain and to get your political agenda up to the front and to create havoc and chaos in the news world, 
or for losing weight. So biblical fast centers on biblical purposes, doing the will of God. Our focus is on Isaiah's words in chapter 58. And there's a, not the pethora ways, or there are many ways that are out there and how you can fast by liquid or food, or liquid and food fasting from both, or other means as well. But we want to look at Isaiah's passage for today. Scripturally, fasting is how Israel responded when God's glory was dishonored, when God's will was thwarted, when God's people suffered defeat, when God's people suffered sickness and tragedy and death, when David was praying for the health of the baby that he and Bathsheba were expecting, for example. In effect, this took up the posture of God towards grievous events when they fasted. The worship of God, the true fasting of God's people, alleviates the grievous burdens that is on our soul during those times of tragedy and sadness which lead us to fasting because when you get full of mourning and grief, it's hard to eat. You don't feel hungry. So it's a logical step to take to fast and use that time to call on God. Fasting in the Bible is also connected to the day of Yom Kippur, the Jewish festival of the people of God that, that we know as the atonement, the day of atonement. When God's people were told to prepare for confession, for forgiveness, and to draw near to him. Perhaps the present global health crisis that we're all going through is a good reason for the people of God and those who want to join in to call upon the name of the Lord to fast during this 2020 Lenten season. Because more mourning and grieving and tragedy and uncertainty and an unknown future can only be entrusted to a known God at this time. The first thing that we look at in this passage and that we read earlier on, especially verses 1 to 5, is that God wasn't pleased with the worship of these Israelites that Isaiah is addressing. And that's for us to take heed at this time in our lives. Every generation needs a prophet like Isaiah to stand up in the middle of the service and say, hey folks, this isn't about you all. Isaiah's words are directed to a people that do not understand why their religion does not pay off or gets God's attention. Isaiah's words echo the need to wed fasting with an ethical, practical ministry on earth as it is in heaven. His words scold us for practicing a fast that leaves us waiting for heaven's glory to break in our midst at the expense of failing to help the vulnerable in our community. If fasting makes you self-centered, bitter to your spouse and children, and sour to your colleagues at work, then it's not a fast that is acceptable to God. We read earlier on those ver verses that says that for day after day they seek me out, they seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near. Why have we fasted and you, and you have not seen? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? So they are participating in a fast, they are calling upon God, but God is looking into their hearts. As someone once said that fasting is not about playing to the gallery and saying, look at me, I'm fasting. No, that's hypocrisy. Fasting that morphs tragically into a public display of ego causes the prophet to stand up and speak to, of God and for God. God would not notice that type of fast. It is plainly said, self-indulgence. This confusion between God's delight and self-interest 
is a reality in our day. So we need to ask the hard question, am I seeking to delight the heart of the Father? See, God will not break his silence amongst us by selfish fasting and worship. I guess if we want to play on the word fake news, we can call these people that Isaiah is addressing fake fasters. They're counterfeit fasters. They are fasting, but not for the right reason. Basically, uh, Isaiah is saying that their weekly gatherings was all smoke and mirrors. It was empty, and he's calling them to really check their motives and repent of their hubris spirit. They love singing the songs of faith, and they are doing a good job at singing the songs of faith without any ethical actions to maintain justice in the land. On the outside, their gatherings looked normal, and some of them were beyond normal. They were great. The musicians played their hearts out. The people sang their hearts out, and the people fasted, and they prayed, but there was no breakthrough of glory in their midst. We said many times in the past few months that that's what our longing for. It's not that we just sing good songs, but that God's glory will break in our midst and his will be accomplished in our lives. They reduced fasting and worship to the level of magic, time, trying and attempting to manipulate their God. But God, God would not be manipulated by our own good works if our own good works aren't done with a proper motive. So how do the people of God respond to their fasting? They complain and fight right after they finish fasting. They start quarreling and strife rises amongst them. They expected God to reward their external piety because they were looking for a fast fix and not an internal fix to their problems. They were looking for an experience of God without a mission for God. They remember, this is the prophet Isaiah who's speaking to them, the one that had that glorious uh, experience of God in the temple, and, and, and God's glory just filled the temple, the, the writer Isaiah says in chapter 6. And he is the one that cries out, send me. So Isaiah knows what it means to properly pray and properly fast and, and properly follow through on what God's direction is for his life. This is the prophet said, there is no salvation without a vocation. Many years ago, the World Vision founder, Bob Price, said the following words, Lord, break my heart with the things that break yours. These are the words that I believe the prophets of old would utter themselves. Lord, break my heart with the things that break yours. Like people in Isaiah's day, we assume God should respond according to our request. These are words that come from Zechariah the prophet. He speaks about fasting. He speaks about the people of Israel fasting. And God gives these words and puts them on the mouth of the prophet Zechariah. And this is what Zechariah utters to the people. When you fasted for these 70 years... Was it for me, says the Lord? God does notice. God does notice. God knows our motive and God sees what's going on in our lives. And he's saying the same thing today that when we sing, when we worship, when we pray, when we fast, when we do what we do as a church of God, is it for him? Was it for me? Church, let's get fasting right. Pay attention to Isaiah's words. God does notice, God does pay attention, and he can tell the difference between a fake faster and a true faster. And then we have what true fasting should look like. These words are, are really great, six, verses 6 to 14. 
If the church is to fast, it's not for the results that we like. It's not to get out of debt or to deepen our relationship for God and to care, care for ourselves, but it's to care for others. God will care for us. If God calls us to fast, it's so that the weak and the lost and the least of the, our society and the left out of our society and the addicted in our society will find Jesus as Lord and Savior and be restored by the power of God. Our fast must include inclusiveness and not exclusiveness. The sharing of our resources and a power that God has given us, enabling and empowering the weak and the poor. When this is our priority, something beautiful and supernatural will happen in our midst. Just let me read again some of those words from Isaiah 58, starting at verse 6. Is this is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear that your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard as the Lord was when the people of Israel were led to the Red Sea and went beyond the Red Sea into the wilderness before they reached the promised land. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, Here am I. Wow. See, fasting is meant to awaken us to the hunger of the world around us. It's a moral passion under discipline for the things of God. It's the heart's cry for God and not just to savor the goodness of God in our own bounty, but in the power of God to live for the sake of other people. It results, as we read in Isaiah's prophetic words here, in restoration and healing of the poor and spirit and the sharing of our possessions it's to stop quarreling amongst ourselves and have invested local concerns about our neighborhoods. Then and only then will we hear the voice of God. I repeat again, here I am. So the real issue is not fasting or worship, but purity of intention and self-centeredness. Their humility was false. Their singing was selfish. Their attitudes in plain English sucked. Their true fasting and worship turned into a form of idolatry and made God upset. They were full of selfish greed of what they liked instead of what God liked. If our faith does not lead us to serve and love one another, especially the weak, it means nothing. Maybe the Apostle Paul was meditating on this scripture when he wrote that great chapter 13 in a dispute about worship in the Corinthian church. And we come to that chapter of love, that sandwich between the spiritual gifts and how the spiritual gifts should work in the church setting. And Paul says, you know, if, if I speak in the tongues of angels, if I give money to the poor, and, and if I prophesize, if I have not love, it is nothing. It is nothing. I think these words from Isaiah were still ringing and echoing in the heart of the Apostle Paul. A former archbishop of the Church of England Rowan Williams said this, the self-denial involved in the period of Lent isn't about just giving up chocolates or beer. It's about trying to give up a certain set of pictures which are burned into our own selfish wants. 
a set of pictures of God of what we think God should do instead of trying to delight the God with the things that he's called us to do. See, true fasting deepens our hunger for God and for our neighbor. True fasting heals our souls and our neighborhood. True fasting helps us recognize the difference between self-interest and God's delight. True fasting is working up an appetite for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the church is called to a sacred fast, especially during the time of Lent where fasting is practiced intentionally. So we can feast on the word of God. And that is, I think, the irony or the mystery behind the fasting that the church is involved in. We don't just fast from things, but we feast on God. So actually, the fasting that Scripture is calling us to do is a feasting on God, on God's resources of love and joy and peace and his spirit's empowering and, and his will that he longs to fellowship with us. Feasting. Fasting is feasting on God's word and doing his will. So the question that I have to end today is, is anyone ready for a feast when we talk about a fast? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your spirit's guidance. We thank you for during this time of Lent that you, O oh Lord, ignite in our hearts an appetite for you. And not only an appetite to know you and to experience you, O oh Lord, especially when we look at this unknown future that is before us. But Lord, as you reveal yourself, would you commission us, O oh Lord, to reach out to those in need. Our hearts go out for those in our community, O oh Lord, that are going under treatment because of some illness that they are presently having, O oh Lord, and the fear of being infected, O oh Lord, as they even make their way to get the treatment in the hospitals around us, O oh Lord. We pray for all the shut-ins, in our neighborhood, we pray for the seniors in our neighborhood, O oh Lord. We lift up the widows in our neighborhoods that are home alone and, and uh, Lord, are, are longing for fellowship. Lord, can we use this time of crisis? Can we turn a fast into a feast on you and reach out to our neighbors in holy love, we pray. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen.